Welcome to the Milestones Motivation and Money Podcast, a weekly conversation filled with stories of business, financial literacy, careers, leadership, and resilience. Setting and achieving goals is key, whether they are related to your finances, business, or career. I hope to empower you with these conversations no matter where you are in life. I'm your host, Angel Radcliffe, and on this show, get ready to change your mindset and start your journey to achieve your lifelong goals. So if you need a little motivation to start your day or jumpstart your next project, tune in and be sure to join our community online at milestonesmotivationmoney.com. Anthony, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm happy to be here. I'm so excited to have you here and really discuss a topic that's not necessarily personal finance, but it could be. <laughs> Tease. Something that has definitely been a trending topic for, I'd say, the last year or so and something that I am not too well versed on. So I'm excited about this conversation. And before we really delve into it, I know reading upon your background, you're very tech focused. So you seem to have dabbled in some different things. And you know, I'd just love to hear more about your background and how you became interested into technology and then shifting into what you're doing now around NFTs and entrepreneurship. Yeah, it's been a, it's been an interesting journey. I, you know, have a 20 plus year career in the corporate world, very boring career, actually working in a boring industry, working in commercial PNC, global insurance, you know, running global organizations, global departments, doing you know, M&A and strategic planning, technology delivery, always been very, very interested in how technology applies to business. And then I started hearing about NFTs. I started hearing from you know, Mark Cuban and Gary Vee, and, and, and they're talking about the, the next wave of, of the web. And I was just interested. So I started getting involved and, and was just a collector. You know, somebody that just bought some NFTs. I got involved in different communities. And, and that's what struck me was the community aspect of the NFTs. And in my corporate career, it was all about building business models, building teams. Um, how can you, you know, lead with culture? And what I saw it with this, with this communities that were forming around NFTs was that you had a big group of people that were super excited about a brand super excited about a company and where it was going and the IP and the art that's associated with it. And, and it really struck me as this is a new business model. It's a new way of running a company, building a brand by leveraging not only, or at least the potential to leverage, not only the employees that are within your company, but then all of these people that were super energized and super excited about what you were delivering. And, and that really just started to draw me in. It was the business model aspects of you know, this is a new way of building a business, a new way of engaging with, I, I hesitate to call them customers because they're more than customers. They're, they're, really, they're really stakeholders. They're, they're people that are invested in what you're delivering and how you're delivering it. And that's really what drew me in. And I decided to leave my corporate career and, and jumped headfirst into entrepreneurship in a very, very new and volatile space. Wow. So have you ever been an entrepreneur before that point? No, never. I mean, I, I, I dabbled in some things that I call more hobbies and, you know, you always were hoping that your hobby became, became a business, but no, I never really 
really dove into the entrepreneurship. And I was very, very fortunate. There's three co-founders to the Bulls and Apes Project, myself, Manny and Guy. And Manny and Guy are serial entrepreneurs. And so I was very, very fortunate to pair up with them. And they've got a ton of experience doing startups. And I've got my corporate background. And you know, the three of us just came together and complimented each other pretty, pretty nicely. And I was able to er learn quite a bit from them on, on what it takes to do a startup. And yeah, it's a, it's a whirlwind. That's for sure. I know that has to be super exciting, but scary as well. If you've never had that, that time away and, and been a full-time entrepreneur. And I've, I've done that myself two times in life. I always say the first time was, was involuntary. I was laid off and sort of forced into it the second time around. I, I quit my job and it felt really good to just quit and do something <laughs> on your own. But, but, you know, I've never, I've never really seen that from someone who, who hasn't necessarily tried it before. So it has to be a very interesting journey this far. It has been and scary for sure. There were times when like, what did I just do? You know, they left a, left a high paying, very, very stable corporate job. And I've got, I've got three daughters, lovely wife. And so, you know, I've got, I've got people that depend on me and, and you're, you're taking this leap. Um, but I just had that much conviction in what we were building there was that much energy around what we were building. And I just had that, that faith that we were, we were going to be able to do what we, what we needed to do. And we, we got through the first year. We had a decent amount of revenue, decent amount of sales, a lot of energy behind it. And, and now we're at a, at a stage where, you know, we're really, to, we're really ready to scale the business to the next level. Now, as far as what you're doing with the Bulls and Apes project, when I when I think of the name, and even when when I saw it, and I was like, okay, I was trying to put two and two together, and I'm like NFT. So are these like images or NFTs that you own, or how did that name even come about? Yeah, so for us, it's very fitting for 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 the the title of your show. We 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 wanted to create a project that was about building wealth and retaining wealth. And and what we what we did was our our target audience are are people that have had success in their in their lives, success in their careers, success in their businesses, but they've hit a plateau. They've hit a ceiling. You know, either they're at a company where some of the opportunities just run dry. Maybe they feel like they're being held back. Maybe they're in a business that can't scale without them. You know, they feel like they're they're that dancing bear that's that's holding holding everything together. You know, or you know, they're in a industry that has you know that's physically taxing, and they're not going to be able to do it forever. So they're looking for other opportunities. Maybe they're looking for connections that that they haven't had, or maybe they're looking for opportunities that they didn't even know existed. And so we wanted to create that type of that type of community. And for us, the bull character and the ape character really encompassed that that mindset. You know, bull market, charging forward, um, ape, aping into investments. You know, reckless abandon, taking risk, and and we felt like those two characters really captured what we were going after as a as a company. Now, I'm trying to further understand more of of what you all do. Is it more? And maybe I'm I'm just pretty ignorant <laughs> and and trying to understand the whole NFT thing. So. Is it that you all are hosting courses or you're teaching people sure, how, yeah, to, and I, and how to build explain. their NFTs? Or... Yeah, no, and, and and it's it's no, it's not about teaching people how to build NFTs. And for for us, it's it's we call it a community-based digital collectible. And you know, we tap we tap a bit into that adult category that you know people like Gary V talk about, where it's you know you have adults that that have some disposable income, and and that. You know, look back to when they collected, you know, baseball cards or they collected trading card games or they collected comic books. 
And so we tap into that, that kidult category with our digital collectible side of our, our project, uh, which, which does have art and it has 3d art very, very well done. We have a, we have about a dozen people on our art team. You know, it, we, we look at our quality of art and we say, can we picture this in a Pixar film? And then there's a lot of gamification elements to that, that we, that people who hold our NFTs could play a little bit of a game on our website and collect additional characters and level up. I mean, it's a lot of, there's a lot of fun that goes into it, but on the other side is our community based part of it, which is we call our inner circle. So if you own one of our bull characters, you're a member of the inner circle. And as part of the inner circle, one of the big things that we do, we have deep connections in the VC world and we bring curated VC deal flow to our community members. So we've done about 21 deals so far where the community was able to invest in some really interesting companies from healthcare to, to aerospace. And most recently we're able to invest in SpaceX. So we had an allocation of SpaceX come to us and our community, just by being a member of the inner circle, we now own a piece of SpaceX. Now you're saying some, some terms that some of the listeners may not be familiar with. And I want to start all the way from the beginning, even with NFT, because believe it or not, there are still people out here who don't necessarily understand what it actually is. So can you break that down for us? Yeah, the, the, the backbone of Web3, the backbone of NFTs is a technology called blockchain. And blockchain is a public ledger. So just like any ledger, it has... It has a, a tracking of of who owns of who owns what what things were bought for and sold for, and really at a very basic, it's just an alphanumeric string. So you have you have one person's alphanumeric string, you have another person's alphanumeric string. It shows who was the buyer, who was the seller, and then it shows the asset. And the asset is just an alphanumeric string, and that is that that alphanumeric string is really what the NFT is the actual NFT. It's a non-fungible token. So that string is a token. It's a token ID um, and, and it's non-fungible because there's one and only one. And there's only, there's only one of those that exists on that, on that blockchain. And all the blockchain does is track who buys it and who sells it. So there's direct knowledge of who, what the provenance is of that, of that token. Now, the leap to what you know of, of, of or might've heard of as NFTs when you get to this digital art piece is that that token can be paired or matched to a bunch of data, of metadata. And one of those metadata elements could be an image, you know, or it could be a number of other characteristics that a, a project puts on, on the token. Like for, for us, you know, you'll see different characteristics of the bull or the gamification elements that we have. And so what we're able to do because the blockchain is, is public, we're able to look and say, okay, here's your here's your your wallet ID, you know, one of those alphanumeric strings, and it shows that you're the owner of this token ID that we recognize as one of our bulls, and so that's how we're able to token gate access into our inner circle is by leveraging the blockchain technology. And you also mentioned Web three. And I know right now that's becoming fairly popular over the last few months where you're constantly seeing this like on social media and I've even heard it around the workplace. So what is Web3? <laughs> if you can give yes. us a, a brief, uh, what, what do they call it? Oh gosh, the Cliff Notes version. <laughs> sure, I'll give you the Cliff Notes. So if you look at Web1, Web1 was about the, the internet and then more specifically about 
about websites and, and e-commerce. And, and that essentially was web one. Web two, you know, you're looking at social platforms, you're looking at cloud computing, um, you're looking at apps on your on your iPhone. You know, that that to me is 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 a very, very much on on web two. You know, web three is the blockchain technology, it's NFTs, and it is the the, the metaverse. And and when I think about web three, it is about decentralization of action. And because of the blockchain technology is public, you don't have to go through an intermediary or a gatekeeper to execute a transaction. And so that means that if you're, if, if you and I, if we want to make a transaction, I could send something to your wallet and you send something to my wallet. It doesn't have to go through a bank. It doesn't have to go through DMV um, as if it was a, you know, for a title for a car. And so web three to me is, 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 is a decentralization of commercial transactions, removing intermediaries, you know, removing gatekeepers from the from the process. Thank you for that explanation. I know not even just myself, but I know people who are listening can probably become a bit more acclimated with the conversation that we're having today. Now, Anthony, one of the things that I want to know is with what you were doing in the corporate world, was that was anything in that space like exposure to NFTs or was this just out of your own interest where you where you really learned about this technology? Completely my own interest. Now, blockchain okay. technology is a, has been a big topic in the insurance industry for, for quite a while. And you can imagine there's, there's insurance contract information. If it was on a public blockchain, it would be so much easier to you know, pass information along from, from an agent or a broker to a carrier and, and and being able to see that information. Can you imagine when you're doing a claim and you know you're trying to see where it's going from one place to another and where it is in the process? If it was on the blockchain and it was all public, you know, there would be no intermediaries. You know, you'd be able to go to that to that public ledger and you'd be able to process that or see that information pretty, pretty rapidly without passing a whole bunch of information from one company to another. And you're not sure where your data is. It's all all locked on the blockchain. So that's been that that's so that's been a topic for a while, but but no, there's been no exposure to NFTs. This was completely done on my my personal time. Awesome. And I was I was sitting here and I was wondering, I was like, where did you actually start this interest? Now, you know, we think about digital assets before like the whole NFT, there's like so many different forms. Now, with the technology that's linked to NFTs through blockchain and Web3, in your opinion, how does that differentiate from traditional digital assets? The, the key part is, is, is validation and recognition of, of true ownership. When you think about a digital asset as it is today, sure, you could watermark some, some items, but this, you, could, you could just easily copy and paste them. And we saw this problem in the music industry when things like Napster first came around when people were just copying and pasting. And it wasn't until, you know, they were able to control that a little bit more and, and have some control over, over who's buying what and subscription services. But you think about even that, when you try to move from, from Apple to Spotify or, or to title, you, you know, that your, your, your ownership is actually within that platform. You think about having your your Twitter ID or having your Instagram ID or your LinkedIn. That's really specific to that. You don't really own it. The difference then, so those are all digital assets. The difference with blockchain is it's public. And so if somebody owns one of our, our NFTs, they can interact with us 
or they can go and sell it on their own outside of our ecosystem. They own it on a public ledger. That digital asset is owned publicly, not privately within the Bulls and Apes Project ecosystem. So they can choose to they could choose to trade it, sell it without going through without going through us. And that is the big difference with the blockchain technology is that it moves ownership from private to public. So do you feel as though the security surrounding NFTs is, is better than the traditional digital asset or like, cause I'm like, can someone just steal your NFT or? Yeah. So, so they can only delete, they can only steal your NFT if you give them permission to. So there's a big issue right now in the space and, and it's a bit of a, of a, of a, mis, a misconception as well, because a lot of people say that they've been hacked, but it's very, very rare that somebody gets hacked and their NFT is stolen. Um, what happens is it's phishing. And, and so there's social engineering and, and there's you know bad links that you can click on. There's permissions that you can give. But you that's one of the, the tricks with, with Web3 is you own your asset, which means you can't call up a 1-800 number and say, hey, something went wrong. You know, I blame you. No, you can only blame yourself because you are the only ones that has custodial rights to those NFTs, which means that if you click on one of those faulty links or if you give away your 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 passcode by accident, there's no reduce. There's no there's no give me backs. It's it's gone. So, you know, what I find really interesting is whenever there's something new technology Everyone's always jumping on the bandwagon, uh, not only with, with NFTs, but we think about like new stocks. And if you think back to 20, 2020 and 2021, I'm trying to think of the name of this, this darn stock that everyone went and bought. <laughs> I can't even think of it for the life of me, but everyone's always jumping on some bandwagon and there's always like some market reaction. So with NFTs, how do you feel the intro into the market has been? Like the reaction from consumers and and even from the business side, because I, I'm trying to really figure out like how corporations can benefit from from being involved in NFTs. So I'll answer the first part: is it, it's it's still a very very immature market, um, and so similar to I, I'm I'm guessing you're talking about a stock like GameStop when there was kind of a meme culture around it and everybody ran the price up and then ran right. the price meme down. stocks. That's I was looking yes. for that term. <laughs> yes. And so there's meme NFTs also. And, and it's, it's for, for somebody like us, it's been very difficult to break through some of that noise um, because we're building a real company. We're building a brand, we're building IP. And we have, uh, we have over one hour of lore of storytelling that tells the story of why the bulls and why the apes, and we've got to create a character. We've done character development, and so we're building a real, we're building a real, a real company here. And we're just, we're, we're just starting in Web three, but this is the, we, we, we're going to build a mega brand, and and so for us, it's been hard to break through some of that meme noise. One of the blessings in disguise for us has been this bear market that we've been in in the NFT space. It's been going on since the end of April of last year. And it still it still persists, and and that actually has reduced a lot of that noise because people don't have as much disposable cryptocurrency as maybe they they once did, and so they're not as likely to jump in on some of those meme NFTs. But we had quite a bit of that in the the early early late 2021 into early 2022. It was very very difficult for real projects, real companies to break through that noise. 
Now, with the whole movement of digital transformation and all these companies are really adopting more, especially since the the beginning of the pandemic, do you see any applications being developed with NFTs? I, I don't see I, I don't see it happening right now today, but there absolutely will be applications over the next two, three, five, ten years. I, I like to use a couple of examples. One of them is is I mentioned DMV. And you can imagine for for a second if your title the title of your car was an NFT. I mean, I explained the the public ledger and and you and I wanted to exchange a car and you sent me some cryptocurrency and I sent you my title. And then just like that, you would be the owner of that car. No, no waiting online at DMV, no signing papers, you know, no going through all of that. And then you want to take it a step further. You know, you look at how, how much time it takes to close on a house um, and go through lawyers and, and have closings and so many signing of so many documents. If the deed of your house was an NFT, you could just agree to agree to sign it over. Now, of course, you have banks and mortgages and all of that. So it's not completely simplified like the car example, but those are those are a couple of examples. Now I'll, I'll take a, another one, loyalty cards. So today a loyalty card for a restaurant or any establishment is you got to have that in your in your along with all of your credit cards in your wallet. Now if that was an NFT, um, number one, you'd be able to have it on a digital wallet. But I'll, I'll give you another example. Like what if another restaurant wanted to reward you for being a customer of another restaurant. If it was public on the ledger, I would see all of those transactions that you've done with that with that restaurant, that loyalty card would be available on that public ledger. And I would say, hey, look, you, you've been a great customer of, of my friend over there. I'm going to now partner and say, I'll give you reward at my restaurant. So now you're creating a bit of a super community around a number of restaurants. And that's all, that's all you're all able to do that through the, the public ledger because all of those transactions are public and you don't have to share data from one restaurant to another. It's just accessible via the public ledger. Those are just a couple of practical examples. Oh, I got it. It's starting to make a little bit little bit of sense to me. So I, I hope that you know everyone that's listening that this is valuable and it's making sense. And and I hope my questions make sense because <laughs> they do. They do. I'm, and I'm, and it's I'm one not of those too things knowledgeable that, on the subject. If you think about when websites first were came out and and a lot of businesses looked and was like, I don't, why, why am I going to just go and put this information out there? Because there wasn't a lot of function to it, right? It was just, it was just putting out some, some pictures or, you know, putting out a newsletter and lots of businesses would look at that and say, well, there's no, there's no practical use for me. And then e-commerce started and you're looking at, okay, well, no, I've got a store. Why do I need to sell online? And then more and more people started shopping online and then they became more and more use cases for a web page, a website. The same thing's going to happen with the NFT technology. At some point, you're not going to call it NFTs anymore. You'll just call it a digital loyalty card, or you'll call it a digital title, or you'll call it a title, not even digital. It'll just be a title. And so as those use cases, as, as some of those use cases come out, I know there's a lot of smart entrepreneurs out there. They're going to start thinking about how can I leverage this new technology? How can I leverage it in creative ways? And you won't even be calling it NFT. It'll just be a technology that you use as a business. You know, I was actually getting ready to ask the question as far as you know, entrepreneurs who actually want to use NFTs in their business, any advice that you can give to them? Buy an NFT. Um, <laughs> no, it, it, seriously, because that's how you learn 
there's a lot of obstacles. We're in like dial up now. Just buying an NFT is painful if you haven't done it before. There's obstacles to it. There's buying cryptocurrency. There's creating a digital wallet. There's saving your seed phrase. And we've got a free NFT 101 course on, on our website. It's for free. It's about a 30 minute course. So if anybody's interested in learning, um, you could hop on our website and you could take the NFT 101 course and that'll give you a little bit of insight. But you buy one, you see what some of the pains are. You see, you see if the technology's there for you yet. Probably not because there are some obstacles to overcome. But then more importantly, you, 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 you start to engage with other people that bought that NFT and you start to see what this community aspect is all about. And you start to see how people are innovating around the technology. And, and even if it's not ready for you today, it's, it's a little bit like a, a, a tuition, a little bit of an education. So you spend a couple hundred dollars on, on an NFT and you're learning a little bit about what the future is going to bring. Awesome. Really great information. And, you know, Anthony, I know this has been a, a good conversation. You've dropped some gems and we're nearing the end of the show, but I'm pretty sure someone's listening and they're like, well, is this worth it? Should I really start getting into this whole blockchain and NFT thing? So just really wanting you to share any success stories that you've seen involving blockchain technology and NFTs. Yeah, and 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 so with with the 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 NFTs, I have seen firsthand artists number one that that couldn't make it through the gatekeeper. You know, they couldn't get the the recognition, and they've built very very strong communities around around some of their art. I've seen that they're doing music NFTs now, and I've seen musicians start to build community around around NFTs where they can actually provide a bit of ownership over their songs to their to their community so if they do start to to make it you know their community can say that you know they supported them on you know their songs before they before they went really really public i've seen that i have seen people come together in 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 our community the bulls and apes project where they've had entrepreneurial ideas within our community within our brand and they have built they have built a little little businesses uh, around around the NFTs. And, and now there's been some people who have started their own projects out of it as well. And so I see a lot of creativity and collaboration happening within the NFT space. And that that is very, very promising to me on how people can come together and, and help each other. Awesome. You know, you've provided some really great details and information, and I'm still sitting here like, I still don't understand <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I mentioned, you know, before we start recording, I, I took some time and I started researching NFTs and it seemed like it was pretty easy. Someone had a five minute video and I was like, okay, this seems like I can do it, but is it really worth my time? <laughs> and so it sounds like, you know, of course you, you made a, a really steep move and you left your job and this is what you're specializing in. So it sounds like it's definitely worth looking into. I always tell everyone, you know, don't listen to, to someone else's ad advice and take that alone, especially if someone's telling you not to do something, you have to do your own research. And, you know, I think that this can definitely go in the category of someone during their research, listening to a podcast and getting some gems from someone who is specializing in this as such as yourself. So Anthony, I definitely appreciate your time. And before we let you go. So I like to ask my guests a question towards the end of the show and your question today. So seeing as how I specialize in financial literacy, 
and helping consumers with their personal finances. I would love to hear when it first dawned on you that you needed to save money. Tell me about one of those experiences or it can do with like budgeting or you had a money moment when you were younger or you first learned the value of money. Oh yeah. So I grew up family of five, five siblings. And, you know, it was, my parents were always trying to, you know, give, give as much as they could to, to us. And sometimes they were managing their finances well. And sometimes, you know, my, my father was working three jobs and sometimes the money was a little short and, and they were overextended. And, you know, I remember some of those phone calls, right. And then it's like, don't answer the phone, don't answer the phone. And I, that was, those were my early lessons of, Hey, you need to save. You need to save, you need to control those expenses. Um, but you know, that's, that's the, that, that was my earliest lesson. Oh no, not the bill collectors. <laughs> oh yeah. Yep. Don't answer. Don't answer. <laughs> oh my gosh. That is hilarious. Well, well, you know, it's always good to have those moments and you see those, those things as you're growing up, because sometimes it's, it's really what we need to know is like what not to do. Like, well, I'm going to do this a little differently when I'm an adult. <laughs> so any advice, any last words you'd like to share today? Explore. Explore because it might not be web three. I'm not saying for NFTs, but to, to, to explore, there are opportunities out there that you didn't know existed and that you didn't know were accessible and you won't know unless you explore. That's awesome advice though. We'll definitely link all of your connecting points in the show notes and anyone that wants to reach out to Anthony, feel free to do so and learn more about what he's doing with the Bulls and Apes project. So appreciate you tuning in and tune into the next episode. I hope you've enjoyed the show. Be sure to leave us a review and let us know any ideas you have for a future show topic. And if you really want to show us some love, share this episode with a friend and be sure to join our community online, milestonesmotivationandmoney.com. You can also follow us on Instagram at milestonesmotivationandmoney. Tune in next time.